afraid in the dark And spiders under my bed I got some trust issues And I hate to say it, but I'm a real hothead Is there anything else That I could conclude Are mom and dad to blame For my bad attitude In one ear and out my head I never heard it when my parents said Do as I say, not as I do Now I'm messed up cause I learned it from you Do as I say, not as I do Now I'm messed up cause I learned it from you Yeah I don't care If that's how you want to treat your You treat someone how you want to be treated Well if that's how you want to be treated Then I'm, I'm scared, okay We need to talk to somebody I, oh my gosh These kids are on fire Lately, uh, I don't know. They got a bunch of energy, apparently, because they've gone back to school, um, which is great. It gives me time to do this um, and record the interviews and get done. But they just got home and now they're they're at different schools and they just bah, 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 bah. regardless. Uh, welcome back. I hope if not welcome for the first time to I learned it from you. As you know, I am Zach Martina. I don't know why I'm introducing myself today. It's all over the uh, the graphics. It's all over after every other episode. You know exactly who I, I digress. Okay, here's where I am today. Um, we've got one of my one of my best friends. I stood in his wedding and he uh, he came to mine. He would have stood in mine, but it was just my brother and cousin. Uh, so we did a very small thing. We did a destination, one. but it's Adam Deggy, ladies and gentlemen, uh, truly one of the, uh, highlights. Anytime you hear about Michigan comedy, he is absolutely tremendous, but we'll get into that. That's what the interview is about. It's a lot of fun. What we need to talk about right now is it is confessional time. And I'll be honest with you, uh, my interview with Adam, I mean, more of a conversation. We, we talk every day, but it was just, uh, it reminded me of something that I would share with you. Um, I was maybe uh, eighth grade, I would say ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade. I was coming of age. I was a young boy becoming a man. Uh, and by that, I was trying to ejaculate on the regular. I had a mind full of impure thoughts and a sack full of semen, and I had to get the poison out of me. Masturbating allowed me to relieve both. Um, and then I got to the point where, like, my imagination just wasn't doing it enough for me. So I had to have some sort of video. Uh, but what I before I got to video, by the way, uh, just so you know, what really did it for me growing up, I don't know what it was about the, the video, but it was that black and white video that TLC did. Maybe, I think it was on Crazy Sexy Cool. I don't know, but that video really revved my engine in all of the right ways. That said, before I got to video, I did uh, stills. I did photographs and I didn't do magazines because I didn't have some older friend who would pick them up for me. I didn't have an older brother or an older cousin. I just had uh, my resources, which were the internet, right? But my internet was downstairs in my basement where I was just exposed. Everybody could see me if they just happened to walk down the stairs. You'd see just right there, right? So what I did was I would get these stills and then I would go and I would print them. And I would take them up to my room and I would, as I said before, get the poison out. Now, 
one time <laughs> I was printing uh, a, 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 a photograph uh, to help me with uh, what I needed help with. And I'm here. It's printing and it's a, it's an early 2000. So it's a, it's a slow printer. Uh, it's just it's really taking its time. Just like type the picture was coming, but not fast enough. And I heard my mom coming downstairs. Now, this is exactly why I would masturbate in my room, because anybody could come down at any time. But my mom was coming down. And I was like, oh, my God, it's in the middle of a print. She's going to see exactly what's happening. Right. So I try to turn it off. It won't turn off. I try to uh, just rip the thing out. It won't rip out for whatever reason. I think I just, my hand slipped off of it. So I unplugged it. I unplugged it. And then I did, I just, I blew my own cover. Uh, oh, hey, hey, what's going on, mom? Everything good? No, no. And she's suspicious immediately. So what does she do? She, uh, she takes the cord that is just dangling there, which is never the case. It's just dangling there. Like, why are you in front of the computer with a cord that's unplugged? I don't know. So she plugged it back in. Fucking computer was still on, but then the printer fired up and it finished. <laughs> it finished printing the image of uh, a buxom lady uh, just in a very. You could have used this picture to teach the anatomy and physiology of the female form. I mean, everything was on display and not just like it was spread out. If you will, you could point and be like, that's this and that's that and the labia and the majora and the, the, the vagina and, and all that's like it was there and you could point it out. It was it was crazy. And my mom ripped it out and she just looked at it and just stared at me. And my dad's name, Rocky, as you may have uh, been privy to from previous episodes, she's looking at this this image and all of a sudden she looks at me with just this death eye and then turns her head to the steps and just goes Rocky! my dad comes barreling down he comes down she hands him the picture he looks at the picture and you can see like the faintest glimmer of a smirk on his face like yeah my boy's got good taste i guess i don't know what that is like he's like we're into the same thing i don't know he never had that conversation with me because immediately what he did was he realized he had to take my mom's side on this because at the time they were happily married sure it didn't end that way but at the time they were happily married so they had to present a united front and he just ripped the picture in half and laid into me about how we need to i need to respect his rules whenever i'm under the roof and that is not tolerated and he's just ramping up screaming yelling at me like he's so disappointed but i do remember the smirk that he had so i'm like is he really i'm very confused and my mom is on the verge of tears like this was never going to happen. Like her baby boy was just never, ever going to grow up. Well, guess what, mom? He grew up and he's got tastes. Okay. So I'm going through it. My dad's laying into me and finally he's had enough. He can't handle it anymore. He's like, you know what? Get in the goddamn car. And I'm like, oh shit. He's going to like take me out and beat me with a belt. He's going to have me choose my own switch. He's going to have like my, the reason my hair is so Buffant and puffy is because as a punishment as a young child he would make me lick nine volt batteries and it just never went down so my dad would always get creative with his punishments i thought he was gonna beat the shit out of me he gets in the car i get in the car i'm looking dead forward i'm terrified i don't even know what's gonna happen we get out of my my driveway we pull off of my street and he just puts the car in park and he looks at me and he goes listen it's natural we've got uh we've got urges as uh as 
as men. It's important that you never act on them unless uh, it is a consensual act. And uh, honestly, just don't just don't do that when your mom's home. Okay, I'll take you to the titty club when you're 18, but just don't do that when your mom's home. And then he took me to get ice cream, which seems like a little bit of a, a childish reward. Like you take a kid to get ice cream when he gets a good grade or she gets a good grade in elementary school. Not when you've come to know what your son's into and how he's risking one off. But that's my story. That's how my dad handled things. And you know what? It stuck with me because I can remember it vividly. And here I am telling you it in detail. Uh, I've always tried to respect the ladies. I've never got into anything that was not consensual. And uh, I feel like I've I've turned into be a pretty good uh, young man. Uh, Side note, when my dad found out I was sexually active, my mom, similar to the picture, found a condom wrapper, calls my dad down. And by this, they weren't as happily married. So he was like, my mom's like, look at what your son's doing. And she handed like held up a condom wrapper. And my dad just looks at me and he goes, it's better to wear one than not to. You and your brother are perfect examples. And then he and I laughed and then he went upstairs and I proceeded to hear an argument through the walls of my childhood home. But that's it. That's the the confessional for this week. Uh, Fond memory, no doubt about it. Um... But now I think it's time to get in to the interview. And I'm, I'm excited about it. Like I said, it's a conversation. It's one of my very, very good friends. It's one of the top comics out of Michigan. I really love watching him every time he is on stage. Uh, his name is Adam Deggy. Uh, he has got one album already out. It's called His Name Is My Name Too. And after his battle with cancer, and uh, he's just he's just been fighting it, and a real inspiration and a trooper, he's recorded a second album called Limp nodes he'll spell it on the episode but i will hear for you l-i-m-p-n-o-d-e-s a little play on lymph nodes it's called lymph nodes and it will be out october of 2021 um i'm not the best host i'm still learning this real quick let me plug my dates i was supposed to be on tucson couldn't happen. I had a conflict. Unfortunately, they were understanding. I'm hoping to be back in Tucson in 2022. Uh, COVID took out my Charleston dates, but I've been assured I'll be back in 2022. October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I'm going to be in Chicago at the Comedy Bar, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, October 22nd and 23rd, I'm going to be in the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase, open up for none other than the Sklar Brothers. So you're definitely going to want to check that one out. And then on into November, we've got uh, November 12th and 13th, I'm going to be at the Laughing Tap in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then on the 19th and 20th, I will be at Planet of the Tapes in Louisville, Kentucky. But that's enough. Again, follow Adam at Adam Deggy on all social media and enjoy this week's episode of I Learn It From You. Here he is, Adam Deggy. Hey there. Hi there. All right. So this is it. We're we're getting there and and through the uh the technological tutorial, you're looking at uh obviously a Detroit Pistons superfan. Uh I'm a super fan of his. He's a good friend of mine. And it's Adam Deggy. How are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. I'm better now that the Pistons have given me reason to hope. That's all. That's I mean, if, if Barack Obama said it best, right? Just hope. Just yeah, the that's one word. That's all you can ask for. <laughs> you're looking uh, you're looking fit. You're looking trim. It's the it's the dark hoodie, but thank you. 
the dark hoodie. It's the you brightest look fantastic blue. as well, bud. Well, I'm wearing black and it's slimming. And also, I mean, with this headband on, it just makes it look like I've got a miracle grows worth of hair coming from underneath. And this is the only way to yeah, stop it. Yeah, you look so. a little more aerodynamic with that. <laughs> you see me on the pickleball court, man. This baby on. Woo, back and forth. God, don't even... <laughs> Don't even start with the pickleball stuff. Pickleball is a dad's game, a mom's game, and I. Whenever it happens, you're going to be playing too. We're going to be bouncing all it off the, the paddle. Like all the comics I've known for the longest, um, for whatever reason, have fallen in love with that game. Pickleball is the shit, dude. Okay, you get to you get to hit a. It's a smaller tennis court. It's more suited for my uh, my range of motion. And uh, I right. like the way the ball sounds off the paddle. It sounds a lot like a very fit ass being paddled in some S and M shit. You're pretty quick laterally, then. I'm pretty quick laterally. I'm pretty. I, you know, I got to, when I used to play softball with my friends, I would uh, run and I would have these little these little tiny steps. And every time I'd be running the bases because I'm such a big guy with these short legs. Every time I'd be running the bases, they'd be like. <laughs> I look like a circus yeah, that's, freak. Uh, that sounds like a noise people would make for an athlete, for sure. <laughs> I think it was just because I was so deceptively fast. You could have sold tickets to see my shit, you know? All right. I'm in. Uh, but here we are. It's the it's the fifth edition. I could not be more thrilled to have you on uh, of I learned it from you. And, buddy, I just want to I just want to talk about like we're at the like we're at the family dinner table and uh, just tell some stories. I, for one, have been uh, going through my kids have just gone back to school, which is great because for the last year I have been homeschooling them. Uh, that said, they have been back for three days and I have already emailed the teachers a number of times saying that's not how I taught it at home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I understand the, uh, you know, the, the want to do that, I guess, but, um, I feel like they, they know what they're doing, Zach. I mean, they're, they've got a degree and I dropped out of college and ultimately ended up telling people about stretch marks on my dick. So yeah, they're definitely more qualified. Um, Let me ask you this. And I, yeah, I don't want to start off on a tangent, but, uh, that's the best way to start. Do your, do your daughters go to school with any kids with crazy parents who, uh, think we don't live in a free country anymore because they asked their kids to wear masks. Oh, absolutely. We live right up the road from our um, school, like where the school board meetings and everything take place. Right before school started, the week before school started, they had a meeting where cars were just lining all of the streets around my house. They had 11 police officers because of the uh, the number of, I guess, ro- not quite riots, but you could call them riots that have been breaking out about this whole mask thing. It's absolutely asinine. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And uh Yeah, I guess it's the, only happening here. Yeah, it's it's only here in America, which I mean, honestly, it's this stance that is making it so that, you know, countries in Europe and across they're like, no, you can't travel to America. It's what right when we get out, I don't know. I think I, I thought when uh forty five got voted out, things would just magically be better and our reputation would be fixed, and then now it's like no, there's going to be some damage control. We're gonna, I mean, we gotta, we gotta put some pieces back together. I might have had back. that thought for like a half a day, and then I was, uh, 
you know, rudely reminded that uh, that was very naive for me to think that way. Of of course, people are not going to ever let it go. And uh, it's going to just, it's entitlement, man. People confuse uh, rights with privileges and, um, you know, just want to be up in arms about all the wrong things that uh, aren't really that big of a deal. But uh, let's not get too much into that. Let's uh, let's talk about some some uh, I don't know. Something that won't make me as angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, we're doing this here early in the morning. I just dropped off my daughter at school, and uh, that car ride is always very interesting. Fortunately for me, my kids are pretty good. They are uh, they're well behaved. They're funny. I get along with them. I think when they're adults, they'll end up being my friends. But there are some days when it's early in the morning, and I drop them off, and I am just like, I'll leave you here. Like you can walk. You know the way. You can walk the rest of the way to school. It's just a matter of my patience. And then I realize, Oh right. shit, they're eight and 10. I can't treat them like they're 21 year olds who know Krav Maga and can just protect themselves. Hey man, never too soon. You know, what about, uh, I mean, what are, how did you grow up? Like you, you've got a brother you've got, I know you had a, you, you I grew have, up with your mom and dad. I have, a lot of siblings, but I have one blood sibling. Okay. Uh, my older brother and I are two years apart. My my brother's two years older than me, and uh, same dad and mom. Uh, well, that's but what, I also that's what have blood, a half. That's what si- full blood means. Yep. I'm what did just, you, what, you know? What just did you mean? Case. You picked up your neighbor and you just cut your palm and you guys <laughs> shook hands at age three. I mean, you never know, but um, <laughs> I'm just. I'm trying to be thorough. You know, I want these people, I don't want anybody to uh, not understand fully. Um, so the one, the one full blood sibling, my brother, and then I've got a half sister who's the oldest sibling, same mother, different dad. And then I've got a younger brother, uh, same mom, different dad. Um, but different dad I've, than I've your had sister? several step siblings, but uh, yeah. One sister, two brothers. Your sister and your youngest brother are they related? I mean, like they I know are n- just by, just by our mom, just by our mom. So they have different dads. Yes. Okay. There's a lot of different dads going on, dude. What? Uh, so I mean, you just had an abundance of people vying for the male role model aspect of things. Yeah. Um, you remember <laughs> who, this? Who was your the favorite? Story I mean, obviously your da- What's that? You remember Goldilocks? Absolutely. Where, um, you know, she, uh, she she couldn't find the porridge that was just right. That was <laughs> the porridge in the Goldilocks story is essentially my mother's vagina. <laughs> Do you? So is your? <laughs> I mean, porridge and semen are very similar. And I think texture, and I just know that from masturbating with my own and then actually having had some oatmeal today. Um, but I is water that mine what down. Porridge is technically, I think porridge is just oatmeal. I don't know. It sounds that has, I think the reason even growing up, you, when you heard the term porridge, you just associated it with, with poverty. I think because the word poor is in it, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there's, <laughs> 
I think I felt the same about oatmeal, and now I eat oatmeal all the time. I think it's delicious. No, I think so. Maybe uh, porridge not- just has a bad rap. It's 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 definitely something you could probably make in a large quantity in a big pot and just serve it out to, you know, all the. It's, uh, it's like cream of wheat. All the is <laughs> porridge. It's definitely at the adoption home or whatever, but <laughs> the ado- the orphanage. You think that porridge is that what just- it's called? Yeah, please, sir. May I have some more? <laughs> but no yeah porridge is uh i believe it's essentially just uh i'm googling it right here um same as oatmeal and is it like a british thing oatmeal and porridge are basically the same thing it's what you get when you add milk or water to oats and cook them oats quick oats oatmeal and porridge are all high in nutritional goodness Well, the porridge doesn't sound bad then dude have you ever had you make a little oatmeal, preferably for me, like a brown sugar or like maple, and then you put a little almond butter in it, and then maybe some sliced banana. I mean, I would I would get down on the sliced banana. We don't really fuck with almond butter. Uh, we use the all, it's like avocado oil butter. It's vegetarian butter. Oh, wow. It's real tasty. But yeah, I would I would I would do that. I love a good I love a good cut fruit in a breakfast and oatmeal. Do you I like mean a, like I don't mean like butter, like margarine. I mean like it's not peanut butter; it's almond butter. Oh no! the uh, The only alternative we have in uh, it's the reason I have this bushy beard to hide the uh, contour of my face. The only alternate to peanut butter we have is cookie butter. Have you had that from Trader Joe's? Uh, or yeah, shit? I have. That's not really a, it's something you want to add to your breakfast unless you are just. I would. Ap- you're no, actively no, no, no. trying to be diabetic, <laughs> dude. The the different you're wrong because it's something you would want to add to your breakfast. Probably, it's something yeah, maybe no, you delicious. shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's the fear. So did you have, I mean, obviously I know you had a, uh, a great relationship with your dad and everything, but as far mm-hmm. as just uh, a grocery store shelves worth of, uh, of step parents, did, did anyone stand out to you? Who's, who stood the test of time? Who's, who's held the closest uh, role to like role model? As far as my parents, I mean, obviously, I know you're very close with your mom and dad, but like, has a stepdad stepped up and and played a uh, vital well, role? Well, no, that's you know, in hindsight, my I still think my stepdad was an asshole. You know, sure. Um, Many people now do. that you brought up step parents, uh, but having said that, though, he had reason to be an asshole. A lot like uh, you get older and I, I kind of hinted at this uh, when we were talking about doing the cast. Um, you get older and you just you start thinking about things from the perspective of a parent or a step parent as opposed to as a perspective of a child or stepchild. And, uh, you know, like if, if I would have got home from a long day of work at 3 p.m. and my stepson just woke up and he's eating my cereal I would have probably been an asshole too. (laughs) So, I mean, what was the, what was the consequence for him to eat you eating his, his Uh, that specifically, I don't, I don't, I just, I mean, I'm sure that that happened. Um, he, my, my stepdad had a, a lot of, uh, issues, I think stemming from his childhood. I think his dad was, uh, a pretty big prick. Um, and I mean, there was there was a lot of a lot of things uh, we don't need to get into. Just be, you know, 
sure. uh, in that uh, brief marriage that turned into like a 10 plus year relationship after marriage. Um, and uh, I'm sure there's things he could have done differently. There's things my, you know, actual parents could have done differently. But uh, I don't know. You just, yeah, you get older and you realize your childhood wasn't as bad as maybe you thought. You know? I think that I think the benefit of the uh, the the perspective as an adult, especially when you've got little ones that are all around, it's um, mm-hmm. the things your parents said when you were growing up made sense. And I I think this will be a recurring theme on this podcast. There is no doubt about the fact that everyone needs therapy, and it's your parents' fault. Like, oh my god, right? And 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 uh. I mean, when when you're in the heat of the battle raising children, I, I, you probably just don't um, you don't think about it. I mean, I, I don't think most parents aren't uh, like making a, a conscious decision to try to fuck you up mentally. It just it happens. But I mean, who if there's any parents that like say, "Oh yeah, we did everything." perfect or the right way. There's nothing, there's nothing I would have done differently. I mean, give me a break, you know? So those are the, yeah, those are, it's uh, definitely anybody that has issues. It's, it probably is stemming from, from their parents, you know, unless they were in like war or something. (laughs) Any parent that is uh, telling you that they didn't do anything wrong or they wouldn't change. Like those are the parents that defend their kid when they decided to just GHB somebody. Those are the parents that are booing the kids at these city meetings that are like pro mask that those are those parents that think everything they're doing is good for their kids. And, and they, they know better than anybody else and they're smarter than anybody else, including people who have literally dedicated their lives to studying something they think they're smarter than. Uh, so I, I guess those parents definitely do exist, and I think um, too, but they seem to be wrong more often than they're right. One thing too, that I think goes into that is a lot of parents aren't willing to have the real conversations with their kids. Like Emily and I really, really try with our kids to be completely honest just be upfront mm-hmm. with them because quite frankly, if you're going to baby them, I mean, the world is a bad place. Like for all the good yeah. in it, there is more darkness than there is light. So oh we my always God. try to you're... be. I was going to ask, do you guys don't have a swear jar? Do you? No, our rule in the house is our kids are allowed to swear if they want to. The only rule is that they have to be able to define the curse word and then give me two other ways to say it. So they need to give me two synonyms for shit or two synonyms for fuck. And then they can say it. They can swear all they I want love because that. I think it needs to. It, I think it takes the power away from the word. I just don't want them to sound like exactly. idiots. Like, we were sitting down to dinner one night and um, we're just sitting there. And Lena, my youngest, was probably six. And we're just eating, you know, spaghetti or whatever it is. And she goes, uh, I think I know what fuck means. And I go, I just like my <laughs> I, my. my my fork just clinked on the plate and I go, okay, tell me what it means. And she goes, it means to make love to someone or to, cause we had already had the sex talk with them. So they were privy on all that information. She goes, I think fuck means to make love uh, to someone or to wish curses upon. 
And I go, okay, Pretty what much. are two, what are two other ways to say it? And she goes, um, to have sex with someone or to, um, to say, screw you. And I go, you can say fuck all you want. You know exactly what you're talking about. It's just, well, especially coming from like a, uh, the perspective of a comedian, you know, I've only ever been told I can, I, I can, I, or I can't say so many things, uh, on shows, but, but I mean, from the beginning, you, you know, like you shouldn't use too much profanity, especially for certain shows. Um, and that's the first thing that comes to mind when you think, uh, PG 13 or like family friendly is obviously the first thing you don't want to say is, curse words, profanity, which is just, we, it's crazy to me. We still give the power to these words. Um, when in the grand scheme of things, there's a thousand things that are going to make your kid more of an asshole later in life, uh, than using profanity. Like instead of a swear jar, you know, I used to talk about it on stage. You should, you should have like a homophobia jar or a racism jar. Like <laughs> every time your parent or somebody says something racist around the house, you put a dollar in there. And then, you know, a lot of kids could have had their college paid for because their parents are such racist fucks. But <laughs> or, it's just, or what if obviously the kids- you're not encouraging them to use profanity, but at the same time, like anything that you try so hard to keep your your kid away from, they're going to have the curiosity and almost be more prone to, you know, use that later in life well, I mean, or it's explore the, that later in life. So it's the old, I don't know, uh, it's I mean, the I don't know old, what the fuck I'm talking about either, but uh, this is just it's the speculation. Old idea that uh, if you tell someone not to do something, they're only going to want to do it. Exactly. You know, like um, my Lena has gotten really into country music lately. She just thinks it's super catchy. All the songs she hears are like upbeat and she's having fun with them. And I'm like, listen, when you get like all the songs are just about whiskey and beer and tequila and everything. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, listen, when you get older, you can definitely drink, but like it can ruin your life. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but, and then we're, and she's like, yeah, Yeah. no, no, I get it. I get it. Like, just don't just have the conversation. Yeah, with them. The- <laughs> what what happens when you go on and you're telling everybody portray- since you're 10 years old that that like, oh, no, don't everything's fine. You know, oh, this is just daddy juice. It's no big deal. And then all of a sudden they're 18 and you try to have the real conversation yeah. with them. And it's like, you've been fucking lying to me. Yeah, no, it's not just uh, it's not it's not just for partying or having a good time. And uh it's not just a, a country song lyric for sure. It can, whew. it could be no bueno, no bueno. And the biggest thing we've had to talk about with them is social media. Like, Hey, listen, we live in a time where that camera is always rolling, whether it is a still photograph or a live video, what have you, but the internet is written in ink and that shit will be seen by everybody. Yeah. So you, if it's not what an hun- awful, weird like the, the conversations you have to have with kids now or the things kids have to learn now um, compared to even 10, 15, 20 years ago is so wild. I mean, the, the fact that kids have, you know, active shooter drills and they have to deal with like finding out they weren't invited to a party via Facebook or social sure. media like that is a whole nother realm of just you know, uh, awfulness that I, I, uh, I commend you for, for seemingly handling. Well, it sounds like at least, (laughs) 
Dude, there is, uh, so as far as active shooter drills go, I told you the school board building is right up the road from us. Yeah, That's yeah. Where but there's also um, the soccer fields there. That's where, you know, the lacrosse teams for the, the city play and the uh, soccer teams play. Um, one day, a couple years ago, all of a sudden, they didn't tell us what was happening. Um, the, anyone on the block, all of a sudden, we just hear EMSs blazing down our uh, our street. Police cars, fire trucks, everybody kind of like gets out because the, the the authorities aren't shepherding you back into your house. So we're like, what's going on? We work our way down to the soccer field and there are just seemingly, I don't know, 20 to 25 sh- bodies with sheets over them on the friggin field and oh my we come God. up to the i'm like what is going on what is going on do we need to lock this down is everything going to be okay and this officer who was like overseeing the whole thing comes in he goes it's an active shooter drill i'm like put a goddamn leaflet in my door yeah this is fucking <laughs> ridiculous you should get there should definitely be like an alert on your phone or something for that if it's in with like a 10 mile radius let me know absolutely it was crazy. And my daughters are just like seeing it. We don't know what's happening because they can see it out their window. They think like that's the stuff nightmares are made of. We we talk so honestly with our kids that they never had dreams about witches or werewolves or monsters. Their dreams, their nightmares revolved around windowless white vans. Because mm-hmm. that's what you got to yeah. do. You got to teach. It's just it's, you know, people I always hear like friends or relatives, dads talking about how they used to bring their like rifle to school and have it in their locker to go hunting after school. (laughs) So, I mean, like you used to just be able to literally bring a gun to school. Um, but we didn't have mass shootings then. So what, what changed, you know? This is, uh, we could do a whole nother podcast just on this, but obviously, and a lot of it probably does come down to parenting for sure, or just well, easy absolutely. access because social media. Or dad or mom has a gun and social media without a doubt, people getting bullied, ridiculed. Honestly, when this whole school year started and my daughters, we gave them the option, but obviously we like to think that we had educated them well enough. We gave them the option as to whether or not they wanted to wear a mask. And they're like, we're definitely going to wear a mask. And we're like, I wonder if they're going to get bullied at school because of the decision that they made. And they didn't Uh, ultimately so many people, like um, I guess a couple people have asked um, my daughter's, why are you wearing a mask? And they just said, because that's the choice that my family and I decided to make after talking about it. And they're like, Oh, okay. Good. So like no bullying, but man, it was, it was a real concern. And I feel like the people who are anti-mask are much more likely to be aggressive. Or I feel like those of us who do wear masks, like even if I, you know, when it was mandatory to wear masks inside everywhere, if somebody wasn't wearing one, I was you'd usually just kind of roll your eyes and I would never approach a stranger for the most part, unless he was like in my wife's face or something. Um, but you know, yeah. I mean, other than a store or like establishment telling you, you just can't come in cause you don't have a mask and, and creating a scene. It's, it's usually the other way around the people giving you shit for, ha- I mean, there's a ton of places I've stopped you know, in rural Michigan and gone in a gas station with a mask on, not so much now, but before when, you know, things were worse and people would look at you crazy. Like you didn't have pants on because you were wearing a mask, which is just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it all depends on 
what you're listening to, what you're watching, who is in your ear, and you know what you believe, obviously. And then when you have the aspect of politics, uh, and some people, despite the fact that literally the rest of the world is doing the same thing, that somehow it has something to do with Biden and the liberals of America. It's 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 just wild, man. It's but, funny um, when you're in uh, you're in rural America, like like you mentioned. I've been out on the road in, in in the very same rural America you're referring to, and people come up to me and they're like, "You don't have to wear that mask. Like we're not we're not about that here." And I go, "Oh no, I have to wear it. I have COVID." And they're like, "Oh shit, keep that on. Keep that on." Like if yeah. if if there's a threat that it's act like, "Oh no, COVID doesn't exist until you tell someone you have it." They're right. like, "Oh no, it's real, real. It's very, very, very real." <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like the equivalent of that would be like something as far as comparing it to, you know, living in fear like they think you are. It'd be like if you walked up to somebody who was open, open carrying with like a pistol and you were like, hey, you know, you don't have to have that gun on you. The chances of you needing that gun are pretty, you know, pretty rare. Yeah. I and wonder then how they'd handle that. They're well. It, I mean, to play devil's advocate, they're like, "Oh no, I just I thought maybe I'd have to shoot you." You know, it's yeah. from the COVID <laughs> aspect, you know. <laughs> but let's speaking of uh, speaking of shooting. As far as I know, your dad walked in on you masturbating one time. Tell me about that. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> I thought we were going to save this for the end. <laughs> We're halfway through, baby, and we got four stories to get through, all of which I handpicked from the list you gave me because I really want to hear you about know, it. So this was actually early on in my um, career as a masturbator. <laughs> how, how early are we talking? How'd you start? You know, I actually got a late start. We can't, we can't turn the podcast into this, but um, <laughs> I think I was actually a late bloomer. I mean, I didn't hit puberty till pretty late in life. It was probably like the summer between my sophomore and junior year or something. So, I mean, some people in like seventh, eighth grade, right? Sixth grade. I don't know. But, um, and it it probably had happened or started and I didn't really realize it. Um, but anyway, I had to be 19. I wasn't 21 yet. I was living with my old man. He had a computer room and I wasn't on the computer. He actually had, my brother had like a small flat screen in there just hooked up to a DVD player. And uh, like I had a DVD, this, this you know, should tell you what time frame we were here in America because it was a DVD. <laughs> and he, you know, it was the same situation as I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced where like you think somebody's going to be home at a certain time and they just happen to come home early that day. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he just opened the door and just immediately just whoop, turn around. And, and then later, you know, he, he, you know, gave me this spiel about like, uh, which I'm sure is different with a lot of dads. I mean, I'm sure some dads just walking in there embarrassed and then that's the end of it. But my dad gave me like this whole thing about how, you know, pornography rots your brain and stuff. But I think he was doing it from like a, like a religious or like morality perspective, Um, which, which I get, but in hindsight, like I, I wish he would have been like, listen, this is, you know, obviously a lot of people are doing this, but it can have bad effects on your brain as far as like, you know, women in the real world don't like things like that or, 
or uh, they're not going to, you know, bleach their buttholes, things of that nature. Uh, and also it's just, it, it's just, it's just, it, it really isn't good for your brain over time, but, um, well, it was awkward, obviously. And then I, uh, and then I, I, I remember I, I like snapped the DVD in half, you know, like an embarrassment and it was like, fine, I, I'll throw it away. And then like literally like 45 seconds later, I was like, that was a t- stupid decision. Why did you, you're going to want that tonight. You're trying to tape it together. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it skips a little bit. I don't care if it skips a little bit. I need to get that shit back in there. Oh, so, so did, stupid. Was, did you guys talk about it? I mean, you said he tried to tell you some things, but did you yeah, talk no, about it later I think that in life? That, that was kind of both of my parents at Moses. They would have that initial, like, not even conversation, but just say, hey, I know you're doing this because I either saw or just know, I know you were doing it. And then they'd be like, you shouldn't do that. And here's one reason why, if that, and then we, then, then we would just never have the conversation again. It'd never come up again. My, my mom never walked in on me masturbating, but there's no doubt that she knew I was masturbating because I grew up in a oh house my God, where I, of course she does. Well, here's the thing. I was, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a house where my mom did my laundry for me until I was 18 and I was pretty exactly. liberal. That's the I was, telltale sign. I was pretty liberal cleaning up with uh, dirty underwear and used socks. And I mean, when you're going through your son's hamper and you yeah. cut your hand because there's some sort of fucking Brillo pad in there, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what's happening. Exactly. Once the laundry starts getting a little sharper. <laughs> um, when it's got an edge, when things start having an, a corner and an edge to them, you know, uh, hey, something, something about this is different. You're telling, yeah, your mom's like, uh, hey, I noticed that uh, your underwears are pretty stiff, rigid. There's a corner and an edge to them. And I'm just the smart ass who's like, do you want there to be an edge to me? Because I can get real fucking irritable yeah. if I don't my, get the poison out of me. My mother also did the laundry, you know, through my teen years. And, but she, she would talk shit though. Like she would, and she knew I <laughs> joked around a lot and she had a sense of humor. So she would wait to until the time was right. And she embarrassed me. Cause you know, she would tell me to clean my room like most moms would. And I would procrastinate to do it and procrastinate to do it until finally she would like go in there and start throwing shit everywhere, you know, and like just putting stuff where I didn't want it. And then I'd finally have to go in there like, mom, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and she, you know, I remember my friends were there one time and she like, she took, she literally pulled like a shirt or, or towel or something from under my bed. And, um, Hey, buddy, I lost you as like, far as picture goes. Ah, uh, shit. Because, oh, speak of the devil, my mother's calling me. <laughs> her ears are what ringing, are man. She knows, she knows you're talking about her. <laughs> wow. Can you see me now? I can see you anyway, now, buddy. <laughs> she uh, said something like, uh, you know. I'm I'm sick of having to take care of these, you know, crusty towels or something under your bed. I don't know. They she basically just put me on blast in front of my friends, and I'm sure they got a real big laugh out of it. But 
Do you think it would have been better? I mean, I know your dad kind of gave you the morality of it and not all women like this type of thing as far as pornography goes. Do you think it would have been better and or easier or a more open conversation if your mom would have walked in on you? What would you have preferred? Would you have preferred to have had it go the way that it went or would you have liked to have switched roles and had your mom walk in on you? I think, no, I for sure your dad. Yeah. Because I think my mom would have just been more grossed out. I don't think that she would have had, because it's a totally different act when you're a girl, like (laughs) legitimately like a girl, a girl masturbating can be sexy. You've (laughs) um, a man masturbating is who, who is looks sexy. It looks like a seizure. I think even, even, even Brad Pitt. You know, depending on the angle and and how he's doing it, you'd be like, ah, I don't know. It's, I can't uh, imagine it's a totally the last different time. thing when a when a especially your teenage son. Like, no, the, the, it would have been a totally different situation. I think I'd have been more embarrassed. You know? Okay. I just thought maybe because uh, your mom, you said she had quite a bit of a sense of humor, so I thought maybe she'd be uh, slinging barbs at you. But I know that uh, your dad had quite the sense of humor, as all dads do. A lot of of dad jokes get um, the reputation of just being terrible or corny. But I'm telling you, a well-placed dad joke, an original dad joke, not the cliche like, is your refrigerator running? Oh, you better catch it. Is your face hurting you? Oh, well, it's killing me. Like, those are are played, they're tropes. but a good dad joke, an original thing that like you haven't heard before is my favorite thing. hundred percent. And I think even if you find him annoying or corny um, when you're younger, uh, especially if, if you have, you know, lost your father and in the years after you, you realize you took those things for granted and you appreciate him a lot more. Um, and I'm sure some dads are just really, really unfunny. Uh, but my dad was, he was, he was funny and he was, vi- he was just unique. He was, he was, uh, God, he was a goofball and a spaz. And like, I to this day still do a lot of things he did as far as like just blurting out ridiculous words or noises, like almost to the point where I think that I do have a form of Tourette's. Your, your headphones just went out. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Hold on. I got back up. Okay. Well, you came prepared, man. <laughs> Here's the problem is I got to stick these things in. Here we go. Anyway. There you go. Yeah, he... um. He was he was pretty ridiculous, man, and he did some some uh, a lot of I guess jokes that I still remember. So, such as he was a um he would uh, gosh I told some of these stories even like at his at his funeral because everybody knew. I actually want to share. I won't do it today, but. He went to high school with this guy who later like wrote this article about him, just about how ridiculous he was. Um, and it's on the internet somewhere. I've got a copy of it. But the dude, he literally slept in a coffin for a while when he was a teenager just to be a weirdo. Your dad? Slap, yes, slept in a coffin. 
And uh, he used to sit. So his what did he his say about parents, the comfort of it? What did he say about the comfort of the, a coffin? You know, I I'm sure I asked him about it multiple times when he was still around, and I can't really remember. I know he was just doing it because people knew he was doing it and thought he was weird. So he was he was just doing it to be an idiot and to just be a weirdo. He so he his parents owned this small motel. And so he literally lived in a room in this motel and he had like access to the pot machine and like the pool and stuff, which in a lot of ways sounds awesome. But also like if you lived in a hotel room, that would suck. Right. Um, but anyway, he would like, I guess, sit in the window and like people would walk by and he would loudly sing that fucking ba, 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 just to scare people and be a dick. <laughs> Um, but some of the stories I remember for me is he would, he'd go through a drive through with at McDonald's and have a quarter in his palm. This is an example of a very corny dad joke. And he would take his hand and he would like hit the quarter, like pound it. And he'd ask the person in the window, what is that? And he'd say a quarter pounder. And <laughs> my brother and I would just be like, dude. Or he'd go through the, uh, they used to have these booths in the parking lot at Meyer where they would uh, repair chips in your windshield from sure. rocks and it was rock chip repair. So he'd pull up with a, with a rock that had a chip in it and he'd be like, rock chip repair, could you, <laughs> could you f- fix my rock? So stupid. But as and a then, dad, like he did that for you. Like he was trying to yeah, entertain no, you. It was 100%. He would go out of his way to try to make us laugh, but also embarrass us. And like, he would also, so back in the day when you used to go to the grocery store and your parents would just let you roam. Yeah. They'd just be like, all right, be back here at this time. Or what they used to do is they used to, you just ask like a cashier, you know, somebody at checkout to get on like the phone where it was intercom over the, over the speakers of the store and they'd say, hey, would so-and-so please come to the front of the store? Your parents are ready to leave or they're looking for you. But because he wanted to fuck with us and the person, you know, calling us on the intercom, he wouldn't use our real last name. He he would say something really difficult to say and stupid. And he used to say, um, would would Adam and Josh hebum bebum please come to the front of store. And the, and so the poor girl or kid at the check, the, you know, checkout would be like, hebum bebum. And my brother and I would hear him be like, Oh God. And we'd come and we'd leave. Um, and he also, for a while, this is a true story, drove around with a mannequin in his passenger seat. Everything was funny until that's some serial killer yeah, shit, dude. I know. I've, I've I listened know. to enough true crime podcasts where there are I legitimately mad. <laughs> it is. It is different. It is very different. But like he never. See, that's one thing. Did your dad ever offer any reasons for this stuff? Like my dad was when my dad passed away, we went to his funeral and he had told me about all these people that he knew when I was growing up. I was like, yeah, whatever, dad, you know. You know somebody that's got like fire just tattooed on their head. Oh sure, you know the biggest businessman. Almost man like the movie in, Big uh, Fish. It, dude, it was Big Fish. Like the funeral ended, or the funeral started, and then I got there, and these people started rolling in. So many people showed up that the fire marshal came and he goes, 
this is, there's too many people here. We got to shut it down. I'm like, it's my dad's funeral. There's only 45 minutes left. He goes, all right, but be done in 45 minutes. And I could not believe the range of characters that my dad knew. And he just like, he told me he knew these people, but he never told me like really anything about himself or why right. he did the way he did. It was that like your, that mannequin thing, your dad, what, like that's wild. It's very wild. And he did it. I'm sure he half the reason he did it was to creep people out. And he yeah. thought it was funny, but I think he thought it was funnier than it was creepy when in reality it was probably creepier than it was funny. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, He's one of those comics it, that believe a groan is worth 10 laughs. It's yeah. Well, yeah. it's, uh, you know, there's some states that have that uh, carpool lane where mm-hmm. people literally did that to drive in the carpool lane. That was definitely not the excuse for my father because there's no <laughs> carpool lane in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He was just a uh, a weirdo. But, yeah, man, ridiculous stuff like that. And he, he'd walk around at work because I worked with him for a while, which I'm sure I hated most days. But now I, I you know, value and appreciated that time we had together. But just he'd say, like, ping pong, ping pong balls, like just randomly. And people be like, huh? You know, I mean, he was a spaz. Dude, it sounds was, like your dad an and idiot. I were, your dad and my dad were very similar in that, like, people enjoyed their their hijinks, if you will. But ultimately, yeah. they were just trying to entertain themselves. And they did a good job. Because my dad definitely oh, thought he was the funniest guy around. Yeah, 100%, man. He A lot of it was for him. And so, yeah. <sighs> a weirdo. That's great, though. I'm, I always tell my kids, I go, it's better to be weird than not to be because being weird is so much more fun. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of real, just normal, boring people, you know? Yeah. I think that's my biggest fear as a parent is like just c- raising these two cookie cutter individuals. I don't I don't want there to be anything cookie cutter about them. I just want them to be flat out individuals. Right. And that's I'd rather have you be dream. weird than a bad person for sure. Absolutely. But then there's that line of weird and bad person where, you know, they Eesh. drive around with a mannequin in their car and then they slice someone. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Of, uh, I, don't know. I, mean, in- I guess my dad could have been the Zodiac now that I think about it. But uh... <laughs> you go through some old boxes and you just see a cipher. You're like, oh, my God, I can translate all these things. He shouts you out in those letters to the, the police. <laughs> He's like this. These symbols actually spell out Adam Bebum. <laughs> yeah i don't think um, he not organized enough to be the zodiac killer dude um you were talking about so we're obviously talking about cars and, and rides and everything and there was this one story that you had alluded to that i really really want to hear because it's only i'm looking right now i'm counting it's 10 12 14 18 words And you're like, she should have done way worse than this. The blurb just reads the time my mom made me get out of her car on the freeway and walk. Yeah. Yeah. So my senior year in high school, I went to high school, Whitehall high school, and my mother was living on her own, um, in a townhouse, which is like a, you know, two story apartment, uh, in Muskegon, which is about. I don't know, 15, 20 minutes from Whitehall. Um, so she would get up and drive us to school every morning. And I think she worked in Whitehall, so she had to make the trip anyway. And we had no other way to get there before we had cars. So she was bringing me to school one morning and it had to be the end of the year. Or whenever, when is prom? It's towards the end of the year, yeah, right? Yeah, towards when the end warmer. of the year. Um, 
And I was just, a, you know, this ungrateful, spoiled brat that morning. Um, and, you know, my mother was a, a single mom raising, you know, three kids, kind of two at this point. My brother was a little older, but still. Um, and we got in an argument about like my tux or something that I wanted for prom. And I wanted like a more expensive one or something. I don't know. But I was being a, a little bitch about it. And I, this all, it's funny, all these stories somehow revolve around CDs or CD players, but I had a walk, I had a, 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 a Walkman, exactly a disc man. And I'm sitting obviously in the passenger seat of her, like, it was like a Saturn, I don't know, but I like got angry cause she, I wasn't going to get what I wanted and like through the Walkman, it had no place to go and it bounced off the dashboard and like cracked her whole windshield. Did she go it's to the Meyer? That I've, Did I've you go to the Meyer booth? stories now. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> two stories now about cracked windshields, but it bounced off the dashboard, hit her window and like cracked the whole thing from like corner to corner. And, um, she just stopped on the side of the freeway and she's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> And like I say, she should have done more because I was I had no reason to even be upset about this situation, let alone so angry that I threw the Walkman, probably broke the Walkman and cracked her windshield. And but I just so I got out of the car. This was in the morning and I knew it wasn't too. We passed my buddy Julius's uh, place like not pass it, pass it, like not on the road. We were on literally the freeway, but I knew the exit you had to take to get to his place, which was kind of in between Muskegon and Whitehall. So I, I, I literally just walked, you know, it had to take me an hour, hour and a half to maybe two. I don't even know how long, a long time, but I literally, you know, took the exit on foot and walked all the way to his house. And luckily he had like a back door open. This was before cell phones too. So that I couldn't tell him. I just had to walk all the way there in hopes that his parents wouldn't be there and I could get in the house. And I got in his house and like went and just went back to sleep in his basement. And then she, I'm sure she came and got me later that day. And I, I maybe I was avail- able to get a hold of him on the internet, but I don't think so at the time. But, and you, you just made the yeah, walk. You just with your made own me walk thoughts from the freeway, dude. And you had to walk with your own thoughts because you busted your source of oh, music. Yeah. So all you can and do I, is exactly what your yeah. mom wanted you to do, which is think about what you've done. The one, the one time I would for sure want the Walkman. I didn't have it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Did, you know, I, I, I'm, I know I didn't pay for the windshield. You know, I was just, right. I, well, you were I was too busy. A, a you were too busy saving up for a, a tux up, upgrade, right? Yeah. Um, just, and then I got, so, and then this prom that I went to, I'm pretty sure I was dating this girl and I got so high before this stupid dance that like, I didn't even enjoy it. We were probably there for like a half hour. It was just just so, what a waste of money and time. Uh, And not to mention the casualties that came of it, your Walkman and your mother's windshield. Right. What did the conversation? What was the conversation like when she picked you up later? Like, did you apologize or were you that? I'm sure she was like, have you thought about what you've done? You know, and then I probably I was probably still being, a, you know, a brat and and didn't want to swallow my pride. And it probably, you know, she probably had to force me into uh, 
an apology, but yeah. Stupid. And here she is still calling you. A mother's love, huh? Still calling me for whatever reason. Yeah, still likes me, I guess. Well, that's great, man. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out today. I know there were some uh, hiccups the other day. Like the other day, I just said we were supposed to record this yesterday. I had to pull over on the side of the road and uh, hurl my brains out. Uh, Did which you ever was great. figure out what happened? I think it was just food poisoning, if I'm being honest, because uh, I didn't, you know, nothing coming out the back end. And uh, it was just the one time throw up. So I felt a little bit better when I woke up, but I was worried. And then I went and did a show last night and I wish it was something worse. So I could have canceled. That show was fucking brutal. Um, yeah, not the best. That said, um, you've got an album coming out, correct? When is that coming out? Uh, in October, I don't know the exact date yet, but next month for sure. So, ten of twenty-one. What's it going to be called? Do you title it yet? It is, it is called Limp Nodes. Limp Nodes. L I M P Limp Nodes. Yes, kind of a play on lymph nodes and uh, my situation and all that good stuff. But uh, you pretty excited to, about it. It's you didn't have to spell it because you articulated it so well, which is one of the things I love about your comedy. Everybody always knows exact. That's what everybody says about Adam Dougie. He's so articulate. He doesn't need to spell <laughs> yeah. anything out. You just understand what he's saying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then your first I probably, album. I probably talk too fast, but this I can I can guarantee you that this this album is much better than the first, which is his name is my name, too. Yeah. Album, Adam the audio is better. The jokes are better. Everything will be better. Well, that's great because um, all indicate all indications of my albums are the exact opposite. Everybody loved my first album and nobody fucking likes the second one. So I hope uh, nothing but success. Everybody go out there, grab Daggy's uh, first album. His name is my name too. listen to it until October of 21 and then grab limp nodes. Uh, and then if yes. you are a fan of stand up comedy, everybody should definitely go see Adam. Follow him on social media at Adam Deggy. Catch him there while you can because he is often in social media jail because he just spouts off at the fingers. I do. It's well, pretty buddy, bad. I appreciate you very much and I will uh, talk to you sooner than later. He's at, uh, you're, that by the time this comes out, the weekend will be over, but uh, have a blast at the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase this weekend. I will. Thanks, buddy. I'll be calling you, texting you, uh, and getting a hold of you about... Uh, Dad advice and all different forms of communication. So, dad advice that's what uh, that's what I should have called this podcast, but uh, I didn't. And we're five episodes in, so there's no fucking turning back now. I love you. Goodbye. Love you. Bye. And that concludes this week's edition of I Learned It From You. And I'll leave you with a little quote that my father used to say to me every single day. Give a person an episode and they listen for a day. But if they rate, review, and subscribe, then they're listening for a lifetime. So I beg of you, please rate, review, tell your friends, and for the love of God, subscribe. I Learned It From You is hosted by me, Zach Martina, with music by Brad Goff, produced by Brett Mercer, and graphic design by Trevor Smith.